Welcome to Sportin' Live. Introducing your host, Ed Draper. Hello, how's it going? Welcome along to the podcast Sport and Life. I hope you're well. I hope there's a good week ahead for you. British summertime. I think it's going to warm up again, which will be nice. Get to enjoy a bit of the daylight. But I hope things are going well in your world. Thank you for hitting on the button. Thank you to the sponsors, as ever. Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, who are specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high-quality customer service and installations always stressed through that sort of sister company serene av they can source you whatever suits your needs and your vision and your budget worth speaking to jason briggs and his fantastic team because not just a bang olufsen world-renowned equipment that those guys uh, will uh, dispense with and service you with so worth getting in touch and having a good conversation with jason and his team a uh, beautiful store there in the, the courtyard in Montpellier. If you are in this part of the world in the west of England and want to try it, the Cheltenham Bang Olufsen store. Also, thank you to Cytoplan, food-based supplement company. Again, their HQ not far from here in a village called Hanley Swan in the west of England. Beautiful pond there, nice scene, country scene, village scene with a pub. But more importantly, they've been um, purveying supplements for decades now. My father's worked as a consultant there, Dr. Mark Draper, on some of the ingredients for the multivitamins, vitamins, you may call them in particular. And it's supplements we've been taking for 20 plus years as a family, the Drapers, albeit at a discounted rate. We still pay for them though, which I think just underscores our faith and belief in them, that they do enhance our health and wellness and our immunity. And worth uh, checking them out if you would like to do so, go to cytoplan.co.uk, C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N.co.uk, and they offer a discount with the podcast, which is 30% off upfront your first purchase, 10% thereafter on future purchases. And that discount code is Draper10R. My last name, D-R-A-P-E-R, all capital letters, the numerals one zero and the capital letter R, Draper10R. So wish you the best of luck with that. I hope you are well and I hope you uh, optimize your immunity even more if you do try those supplements from Cytoplan. On another story another project that we're embarking upon my wife and i carla at the moment is attic box audio that you may want to check out out of interest and it kind of resonates with the conversation we're going to have with lyle weir who is son of ufc pioneer fighter mark weir in this podcast he talks about how the death of his grandfather his beloved grandfather was a catalyst for a period of, of mental ill health of depression and how he missed him and it was a sort of void in his life and attic box audio is a vehicle that we launched in lockdown or around lockdown sparked by thoughts during the pandemic of missing our grandparents from my wife it was her grandmother for me in particular my grandfather who passed away as i talk about in the podcast with lyle at the age of 14 and the idea of attic box audio is i sit down with members of the public have a conversation about their life story all their memories from childhood up to being parents grandparents their loved ones in their life, their careers, whatever it is. And we actually offer now segmented specific parts of life. So we can talk about uh, a loved partner, a life partner, a husband or wife, or we can talk about someone's career or someone's time at university in, in shorter interviews. But it's just a relaxed conversation. The interview word is probably too formal, really. It's just me sitting down recording in quality audio, and we are going to do it in video as well at some point, a conversation about either a full life story or an aspect, a time, an era of that life and about preserving those memories, preserving those voices of our loved ones. I'd love to hear my grandfather's voice now just to hear his his recollections of his stories growing up in Sunderland. He moved to London as a 14-year-old, became a painter and decorator in the Houses of Parliament at Buckingham Palace. And I'd just really like to, to have that record. And all the, his family members, I think, is one of 12 kids. So it's just, you know, it'd be great to have their names and, and their stories as well. Um, so that's something we're hoping to we are offering to other people. Go to atticboxaudio.co.uk, A-T-T-I-C-B-O-X, audio, A-U-D-I-O.co.uk, or you can get there off drapermedia.co.uk. 
check that out. I hope you're uh, uh, well with your family as well and enjoying some good time over the summer. And on that note, let's get to Lyle Weir, great young man who is embarking upon a voyage around the UK. I'll let him tell you, though, in this conversation. Here he is, the one and only Lyle Weir. Lyle Weir, welcome along to the podcast. Yep, Good thanks, thanks for having me. How really are you today? I know you, you're a bit tired after the, the baby girl had you up. Yeah, yeah, because she's testing my uh, testing my endurance at the moment with uh, what I can do with on tired. I can't remember what it's like to feel refreshed, actually. <laughs> it's, it's, a bit, it's an interesting one, isn't it, as well? Because you must now, because you work strength and conditioning with, with fighters at your dad's gym, like thinking yeah. if you have a, a kid, it changes the dynamic, doesn't it? Because as a... I guess when you when these fighters have to be a little bit selfish, because otherwise, if you're not getting the rest, you can't perform. Yeah, no, it, it does, and I, I don't think you truly understand it until you've actually had a kid. Obviously, you hear about it, but then when you've actually got one, you're like, oh no, yeah, it really does affect, really does affect a lot. But, um, also, I think in a positive way because it just you've become obviously a lot less selfless. Yeah, when you've got a kid, so. Yeah, it's a weird, it's a strange one, isn't it? Because feel, you feel pressurized and you feel like you're more tired. And you've got those the lack of sleep, which is a big a big factor. But then, like you were saying to me before, just having a coffee, that the motivation ramps up as well, doesn't it? 100%. Because you've got you've got something other than yourself to to yeah. work for and and to strive for. I think before a kid, yeah, like you said, it's all um, self motivation. You got a kid, and it's obviously you still got your self motivation. But then everything's kind of for their future. For if I do this, if I do well in this, then they'll stem from it. They'll get. Yeah. The rewards from it and it's, it's it definitely does ignite the fire so you do you did the strength and conditioning with the mma fighters at, at the gym but you're also training to be a pilot aren't you which is where the, yeah. the charity ideas come from but how, how close are you to becoming a fully fledged commercial pilot potentially if everything goes well um very close probably a couple of months now looking december end of december for me to be fully qualified and to be able to start looking jobs awesome so everything goes well so, so at the moment you are flying. You're able, what what uh, planes are you allowed to fly, and what aren't you allowed to fly right now? So at the moment, my qualifications are single engine aircraft. Um, I'm just a private. I've got a private pilot's license. Um, I've also got a thing called a night rating, so I can fly at night, and a thing called um, instrument rating restricted, which means I can fly. It basically just so without going into too much detail, when you get your private pilot's license, you've got all these restrictions with visibility, mm. cloud base. Now, when you get this additional rating, it brings it down, means you can fly in a bit more bad weather oh, conditions. So I've got all those going for me at the moment, and then I just got to get this commercial license. So you can fly a jumbo, or a... yeah, so I can fly some of that. There's nice, there's <laughs> nice stuff instead of my little single engine. Yeah, aircraft that's probably not much bigger than a car. So. But you've been tra- training at Staverton Airport just outside Cheltenham, haven't you? Between yeah. Cheltenham and Gloucester, that's a pretty cool place. I always take. Talking of uh, little girls, I take my little girl down there. I think I probably enjoy it more than her, but just to watch the planes taking off and the helicopters, really nice and yeah. it's fun to see that. Have you always loved planes and helicopters since you're a little boy? Yeah, I've always, <coughs> I've always been into them. Um, it was probably more t- gravitating towards the military side of the planes, like I used to like oh, the, yeah. the fighter jets, um, Chinooks and stuff. Is it all that? Yeah, all that yeah. cool stuff. That was mainly because of my. Um, that was my granddad. I had for that. Uh, he took me to a air tattoo. Really? That, uh, at Fairford when I was about seven years old and I was hooked. I, was hooked <laughs> since then. I saw the, um, obviously at the air show and I remember seeing one of the pilots jump out. You know, he looked like he came straight from a Top Gun scene. He had the aviators oh, on, he had the thing on and I remember all the attention, it was like he was a rock star. I remember all the attention was on him. I remember looking at him thinking, yep, yeah, I wouldn't mind being that. Have you seen the new Top Gun film? Yep. What did you think? Oh, it was good. Oh, see, you, you can never beat originals yeah. in my opinion, but if there was ever... A film to come out with it. They done it very. They done it justice with that film. It was, it was amazing, good. wasn't it? Did you believe that Tom Cruise was a pilot? Did he look the part when he was doing his bits? He, do you know what gave it gave it away? Is he he looked very comfortable. Yeah. And I watched some of the behind the scenes where they actually had Tom Cruise in the fighter jet, and you can see him actually experiencing all the G. Yeah. With it, and I feel like if you just had an actor doing that, he wasn't a pilot. Yeah. I think they would have struggled with that a lot worse than what. Having Tom Cruise as a yeah. pilot, do so you think he could handle the G in a bit more? I think yeah, yeah. And like, well, he's an it animal was, at like he's sixty, isn't he? Yeah, yeah and, and you can see it in the movie. You can actually see his <laughs> his face going through it, and I thought it was hilarious because um, I've I've done my aerobatics rating, really, and so I've 
I can understand what he's going through with when you feel all the skin on your face just kind of pulling. Wow. It is a it is an experience. You have to try and not black out, don't you? What you have to do the special breathing things do you to try and keep Yeah, you gotta do these uh, special breathing techniques, you know, keeping the core nice and tight and um and weirdly enough people do just um some people do just adapt to it better than the others. Um, yeah. another weird thing is actually height as well. You find a lot of short people do tend to um, be able to tolerate G ah, a bit better. Because he's than, quite small, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. So a bit better than the tall Yeah, because you're, you're a big you're a big Yeah, player, yeah. so me being six foot three, I, I had to really work on my core. Really? To, well, that's good though, because you, you, you're in cracking shape, strength and conditioning. Yeah, wow. That, that was, I was just lucky as well, and I don't really tr- uh, struggle much with travel sickness. So. Oh, really? That was something I was worried about, doing my aerobatics rating. I was like, oh, God, am I going to be throwing up my lunch? Yeah, I really struggled because we used to, when I was training for journalism, actually, even in the States, we used to go to American football games and then we'd have to record stuff on, or our camera person would record stuff and we'd have to look at it on the way back in the car to cut edits. And just looking at a video camera while moving for me was like, I feel really sick. But some people were even worse. They'd be like throwing up. But other people can read, they can do anything in the car and, yeah. and feel fine. Whereas I get that real, that disconnect. I don't like boats with the subtle movement, I'm okay in a rocky boat where you know you're kind of on the sea, but when it's yeah. that subtle kind of movement, I don't like. I've been all, I've been lucky, I've been all right. I've never really, I not I can remember. I think when I was a little boy, there might've been some occasions, but since I've grown up, I've yeah. seemed to be one of those people that's okay with doing stuff and not getting sick. But I've got some family members that I know are <laughs> terrible. So, so oh, yeah, it's the, but you're doing the strength and conditioning now, but it is the pilot life for you, is it? That's a the goal now that's the goal yeah that's the that's that's what i believe my calling and it stopped you mma fighting as well you're saying back because of the physical requirements of being a pilot yeah it's just it is it is um people don't actually realize which i suppose is a good thing how intense the medical side of being a pilot is yeah which i suppose like i said it is a good thing because it's nice to know that the people actually flying these things have been fully checked out yeah but, um yeah, the amount of time and money that you have to invest in to be in a pilot, it's not worth my opinion that I'm risking it, my medical, with carrying on with uh, doing the MMA. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm happy to still do these light spars and get in, but... Could you do the jiu-jitsu side of it and the ground wrestling and stuff? Yeah, stuff not, like that I'm, yeah. I enjoy. Some of the, uh, yeah, still some of the wrestling. Um, I, I do still do kickboxing as well with the nice big gloves on, but... Even all that, it's all really nice and controlled and I don't risk anything. And I, when you get to fight training and you're in a fight camp and the intensity rocks up a bit. Nah, yeah. How many fights did you have? So I had um, I had a semi-pro one actually with my dad. Yeah. And then when I went... Um, Working with him, not against him. Yeah, not, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, not with my... Uh, yeah, not against my dad. Uh, but um, I had one under his belt and then I actually participated in some when I went into the military. Just oh. doing something. Were you in the military, were you? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realise. Did yeah. So, uh, I, well, so original plan was military to be a pilot. Yeah. Because obviously they fund it all. Yeah. Um, and like I said, when I was a childhood, it was all the fighter jets. All the excitement. Wanted, and yeah, the it's, drama, all the, yeah. it's all the cool stuff. But um, I ended up actually getting discharged. I had a, now this is when I'm a challenge, I think it was called compartments, uh, compartment syndrome in my shin. Really? So it's basically a, a stress fracture that went all the way down my leg. It kind of looked like a plant growing up my shin. Really? And they, uh, they, where did they that, was that come from fighting, was it? Don't I'm know. not too sure where it came from. All I know is the training in the military is making it worse. And they don't, when you're in training, they don't give you the most... Because it's just a lot of road running and stuff, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, when you're doing things called, they call tabs, when you've got your military kit on and uh, you're going over this really uneven terrain and like I was saying the, the kit they issue isn't the most high quality kit it's all no do you know what I mean it's all yeah. just secondhand boots and I just uh, yeah not running you don't wear running shoes they wear like just no you got the full-on uh, military boots on and uh, <laughs> yeah it just did not do well for my legs so um, I, that was quite a low moment for me actually because I I wasn't really one of those smart people that had a plan B it was like, no, nope, I don't need a plan that's B. That's tough, that's a proper, proper passion that's, yeah. that's sort of yeah, that's the thing. I was, since a kid. I was saying I wanted to be a military and that was it. And then everyone was like, oh, you sure you don't want a plan B? No. Nope. So is that when you had the MMA fights after the military, after leaving the military? Or was it before? It was, so, um, well, actually, during the, during the military, my yeah. training in the military, that's when I had a, a few with them. But uh, came out, got my PT qualification, and then... I admit, it was in my head thinking to myself, should I 
compete for a bit. And I was, there was a stage actually I was quite lost because the pilot, like I said, the pilot training was hard. I just didn't mm. see if I was going to get into it and be able to have that dream. It was kind of like at that point it was a dream rather than something I wanted to do. So I was a bit lost of what I was going to do. Am I going to compete? Am I going to carry on with the strength and conditioning stuff? Mm. So you tried to do all of it, tried to keep it all juggling? Yeah, trying to juggle it all. And then it wasn't until um, lockdown, that first COVID lockdown, that I actually got accepted into um, uh, a fast track program with Aeros Flight Training. And that's when. Wow. What, what kind of like contrast that is? Most people's jobs are on hold and you're suddenly yeah. getting the opportunity. You've it was, I, was, I was so, uh, I was so happy when um, it all got sorted out and I had to obviously wait because it was all still, the, the school was closed obviously because of the lockdown. But um, then that's when I was able to, once lockdown came out and the school reopened, I was to start my training. Brilliant. So you've flown in single engine planes. Have you done any helicopter stuff? No, so it's, that's actually a completely, completely different thing. Completely different license, yeah. So it's kind of either you have to, you obviously can get both, but if you're going career wise, you're either going to get a fixed yeah. fi- uh, fixed wing uh, license. It's or wild those things get up in the air when you go, go you see them and they're sort of starting to whir up and it yeah. takes a while to get and you just think it's incredible that they actually take off helicopters. Believe it or not, I've got a helicopter just don't sit right with me too much. With, I don't know what it is with planes, no matter how big they are, they can all glide. Yeah. They're all, all their wingspans, like, catered for them to be able to glide if so all the engines So you can do an emergency yeah. crash landing, yeah. yeah. Now, with a helicopter, it just doesn't seem to... No. If the engine goes or something faulty, that just doesn't sit well with me. Well, I always remember as a kid, Matthew Harding was a Chelsea football club executive who died in a helicopter crash. You had um, Vishay Shrivadhan at Prabha at Leicester yeah. not long ago, and then you had Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, so you think about it and think, how many people are getting helicopter rides and how many crashes do you hear about? Whereas, how many crashes do you hear about planes and how many people are flying yeah. planes? It's, it seems like it's a, a much safer form of travel. It is, and I just, I think it's something about having that, having that fighting chance that like if something does go wrong, you know the plane's not just going to, obviously to a degree, um, if it's just an engine failure, you know the plane's not just going to dive bomb out the sky. Yeah. You're able to still have some stability, still have some control. There was a guy landed on the Hudson River, didn't he, outside yep. New York or something? Yeah, right? Sully. Yeah. Yeah, um, and that's a good, actually, that's a good example of that it's not over until it's over, you still, you still yeah. have some sort of control over a plane. Um, obviously, he was a very skilled pilot, but... <laughs> so, but you, you're getting a skilled pilot now, and it's, it's a brilliant story. I think, I mean, how, you're still young, aren't you? Yeah, so I'm 24 years old at the moment. So, 24, you've been in the military, done MMA fighting, yeah. strength and conditioning. I mean, you've done a lot already. So yeah, I've been around yeah. the block a few in a few things. Um, Credit to you. You've got a few few stories as as well. And but now the the big the big challenge is for uh, raising awareness for mental health. You're going to fly around the UK. Yeah. What's the what's first of all? What is the challenge? What are you what are you going to do? So plan plan is to take off from Gloucester Airport September the first. I'm going to um, navigate myself all along the outskirts of the UK. So going down to Lands End, over to the Scilly Isles, back into the UK to. Uh, Head to Jersey, Guernsey, Oldney, yeah. and then all the way up north, Shetland Islands. Circle back round to uh, cross over to um, Northern Ireland, back to Wales, landing back at Gloucester. If everything goes well, should be around six days. Six days. Yeah. So, so you've got like nights planned, hotels and stuff, and all the things. Yeah. So I have little stops planned just to quickly um, sleep and. Um, be able to plan for the next flight because although although I've done a nice big flight plan for the whole event, you obviously need to file individual flight plans off these legs that you're doing. So wow. it is a lot. In I think pilots out there probably would appreciate how much planning this is going to take. So flight plan, what do you have to plan? Like every hundred yards, where you're going to be? Or it's it? more. Um, it's more planning for stops. So I, when I file the flight plan, I'd say if I'm going to Gloucester to Lands End, then I'll file the flight plan. Some airports don't actually let you in unless you've got a flight plan filed. Okay. Flight plan basically just tells you who you are. They're online, you file that, do you? Yeah. So you can. Uh, well, there's different ways. It, it used to be um, by paper, but now obviously with technology, yeah. it's all done online. Basically, just tells you the basics: who you are, where you are, what you're doing, when you're going to be coming. Yeah. Um, and what, what, what is the plane you're going to fl- paint a picture? It's just a single engine. Yeah, so how many the, seats are in it? Uh, it's a Piper Arrow, um, four-seater. And it's, um, like I was saying, it's probably not overly bigger than a car. 
<laughs> it's so quite a, a big small. So, and is the weather for September is usually quite calm in the UK? Is it? Is that a good time? It's uh, yes, it's UK, so you gamble at this. Uh, <laughs> it's it's not overly. It, rather than weather, I'm thinking more how much daylight I've okay, got. Because yeah. obviously, if I if I left it any later, then you obviously get to the shorter days going into October. Yeah. Um, and on top of this, like I said, I'm still at a flight school, so I've had to move this around my exams. Yeah. So I would have probably preferably liked to have done it around mid summer. It's around now when you've got yeah. long when I've got the long nice days. long days. Um, but because I'm still doing exams, because I'm still having to revise, I've had to do, uh, mold it around when I have some free time. So you, you can you fly in the dark or you just prefer not to fly in the dark? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I qualify to fly in the dark. It's just... Um, it's not as fun. No, it's, it's not... Uh, if you're in these massive, um, nice private jets or airliners, you've got all this like navigation equipment, yeah. Yeah, you're fine, but these uh, little pipers... They, you rely, on, the eyes, not, you rely yeah. on your eyesight to see what's going on. Yeah, they're not properly equipped. And uh, just when you fly at night, you are literally, especially if you're in those remote areas, you're just surrounded by black. Yeah. Flying over nice, busy, built-up areas, and you can see, obviously, all the lights and stuff like that. But if you're up in the up north somewhere in the highlands or something like that, you will literally just be surrounded by black, and you've got uneven terrain, so you don't even know. Or where the top of the mountain is or whatever. Yeah, so obviously you would have planned for it, but there's one thing, planning it and knowing that it's there, then planning and also being able to see it. Yes. So, oh, that's, that's, so it's kind of old school plane then, it's very kind of basic. It is, yeah, it is a very old school plane. They've obviously, they keep up to date with the maintenance and they keep up to date with, to a degree with uh, what tech is in it, but it's still f far from these nice uh, planes you take on holiday. Is, is anyone going with you? You said it's got four seats. Yeah, so I'm... Originally, the plan, it was just going to be myself. And then I thought to myself, um, actually, I've, part of this flight is actually being able to spread awareness and people to be able to keep up to date with the journey. Mm. So um, actually, my partner's volunteered to do the recording. All right. So hats off to her. She's actually going to go through the whole journey, just sat there wow. documenting it all. Who's, who's got the baby for that time? Oh, she'll be with her nan. So I'll be with all my right. my mum. Oh, your mum? Uh, yep, so... Um, Hats off to your mum. That's a, that's a big help. Yeah, but to be honest, I think she was... Uh, my mum's one of those nans that... She's looking for it. Yeah, In yeah. fact, she probably... If I said to my mum, oh, I'm going for an extra couple of days, she'd probably be buzzing from it. Um, that's well, you said... Because you, you're in a big family. You said your mum had, like, two rounds of kids, didn't she? So yeah, she had my, me and my older sister, and then... A bit of a gap, and then my little brother and little sister. So she's all about family. And how old are your little brother and sister? Are they still pretty young. Yeah, just uh, little brothers last year of primary school. Um, and all oh, right, sisters. so your mum's still in the groove then. That's yeah, the she's, she's still in the amongst there, yeah. it all. Uh, and my little sister's in just about to go into her second year of secondary school now. Awesome. So there is a bit. Obviously, that is a big gap. So you, so your partner's going to film it and then put it what YouTube that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I've what I've done is I've set up the. Um, fundraiser page yeah and um I've, i made sure i've advertised on the fundraiser page all my social media links so everyone who donates or supports it in any way can actually go onto these social media links and see the footage of me going around landing these different areas advertising because what i'm planning to do is each leg i want to go to a different mental health illness yeah or certain disorder because i didn't even realize how many disorders there are when i was researching it they are they, there's actually 200 classified disorders. Really? Obviously, I wouldn't be able to do all 200. Of, me of mental ill health. Yeah, different mental health. Yeah, yeah, everyone yeah. knows the depression, anxiety, yeah. but not many people know all these other ones out there. So I want to... So that includes like schizophrenia and things like that? Yes, yeah, yeah. it's all yeah. PTSD, everything. It's, it's covering it all. And in fact, the charity I am um, fundraising for, The Mix, they've actually one of those charities that do cover... You can yeah. go to them for anything. There's actually not that many charities. When I was trying to research a charity to do this fundraiser for, a lot of them specialise in just men, just mm. for depression, just for anxiety, where I kind of wanted the whole yeah. aspect of it all. It's, it's interesting, actually. We were watching last night a film that I'd seen years ago but hadn't seen for a long time. It's The Beautiful Mind with Russell Crowe. And he plays the part of John Nash, who was a famous mathematician in the 20th century in the States, but was kind of a tortured soul, was schizophrenic and hadn't realised for a long time that he'd actually been living an alternate life. He thought he was a sort of spy, but wasn't. He'd created all this in his head. He was suffering from schizophrenia and he had people in his life that 
he thought were real that yeah. didn't, didn't exist. Like he had an English academic who he was friends with and her and this guy's niece. And they're all imaginary. And then he had the sort of secret service boss guy who'd come and contact him. It was all just in his, in yeah. his head. And it's sort of like him, even throughout his life, he had went back to being a mathematician after being in a psychiatric hospital, but actually would still see these people, but just learned to ignore them. And it was like he had to live almost like there's ghosts in the, the room. So it yeah. made, yeah, kind of really eye-opening to what people have to, to go through. It is, it is. And I think what's scary about it is what you just said. People, There's some people out there that don't know they've got... No. Because there's some of these side effects, some of these symptoms aren't that well documented, aren't that well advertised, known about. So people do go in the, uh, about their lives and they're not sure yeah. what's going on, where they could have this uh, condition that's not... Well, often you don't realise until afterwards, particularly with things like depression, that you were depressed because yeah. you think you just had a, a low mood, but then you think so when you feel better, you think, hang on a minute, last year I felt yeah. absolutely terrible. Maybe that was depression or anxiety. Because what, what triggered you? Because I think your old man was telling me it was a, a family bereavement, wasn't it? Yeah, so my, my uh, experience with mental health was depression myself, mm. and that was... Um, something I got mistaken where I thought I was grieving from the loss of my granddad. Yeah. I didn't realise it was actually depression. And like you literally just hit the nail on the head. It's not until now I'm in a good place. Yeah. I've, I've turned my granddad's death into more of a positive as motivation that now I look back on it and I was like, actually, you know what? I was very, very depressed back yeah. then. But you don't, like I said, I didn't know the symptoms. I kind of had this macho mentality of... Yeah. Shake it off, do you know what I mean? I what, what were your symptoms care. in retrospect? Was it sort of lack of energy, things like that? Lack of energy, just my mood, everything was a negative, do you know what I mean? It was, uh, it, I was literally I, going around just I, thinking about, I was, I was thinking about my granddad 24-7 and it was literally like I couldn't enjoy nothing. Yeah. Even though the, the, a lot of good things happened, I was just, I was just not in a good place. And you were very, very close to him? Very close, yeah, very close. He was, um, he was like my best friend to me. And like I said, he was the one who got me into being a, a yeah. pilot. Is that your dad's dad or your mum's dad? That's my mum's dad. Yeah. Um, we stayed, We, my nan and granddad, we we basically, not, we, they were like second parents. That's how close we were. We stayed at their house literally like every week, most weekends, went on holiday with them. Mm. They were just, they were some amazing people. And my granddad, he just, one of those people that just knew everything, yeah. could do everything. If anything broke, he could fix it himself. Really? It, he was a crazy, he was an amazing man. But had that wisdom about him, yeah. Yeah, older, just like you don't get that, you don't get that too much yeah. nowadays. But um, and I think what made it hard with him is his death was very out of the blue. Oh, man. He, he, he had he had um, he got diagnosed with cancer, mm. but he was on the recovery from it. Yeah. So we all kind of like thought he was out the clear, and then suddenly it just he just went. And I remember that was really tough for me, and I didn't handle that well at all. But because I knew other family members of mine were really upset. Yeah, I kind of tried to shake my feelings off and be there for them, mm -hmm. rather than deal with it myself. Yeah. Um. So that was yeah, that was bad. But that's what yeah, that's was what that the first significant death you'd experienced as well? Because I think that's always a yeah. landmark when you're a young a young person. Yeah, I had I had uh, yeah no, it was I, and it was a big one for me. I feel like I didn't even have a chance to really experience what death is, in like, other things. It was kind of like straight away lost someone who like nearly meant everything to me do you know what I mean so mm. it was really it was really tough it's hard like you said to know whether what you're experiencing is quote unquote normal whether it's the same as what other people experience or whether it's disproportionate whether you yeah. it, it's more extreme because unless you really talk in detail to your family members you don't know what they're going through and, and how yours your compares and how it's maybe you know too intense and that it's it's kind of something you need to, to seek yeah, help for definitely and i think i think the main thing is when it comes to these mental health no matter what it is is communication because i think that's something that's not done enough and i've been since i've been planning this charity flight i've been doing a lot of work with like joining these different groups to try and because what i'm trying to do with this flight is build like a community of people talking to each other and Hopefully, whilst everyone's watching these flights and they've they've supporting this event, it gets people talking amongst each other, and then they realise that they're not so different. There's, there might be someone who's suffering from this one thing that comments something, and then someone else realises actually that's what I'm going yeah. through. That's my symptoms, and build brings people together. It starts getting people talking because I felt like that's what I didn't do. I didn't talk to anyone. I bottled it all up. And like yeah. I said, so I didn't know what I was going through was weird. If it was normal, if there's other people out there that yeah, no, I went through that, mate. This helped me. That might, that might help you. So that's what I'm planning to do with all this. When did your granddad die? He died about um, uh, six, 
was it six years six years ago I've actually got the um I was I was 2016 I was quite um I was quite young with it but that's a big age when you're 18 you're kind of going through a lot of life changes and you're probably going into the army at that time where you were thinking about yeah, that yeah it was it was um yeah it was quite a years ago I can't remember the actual date of it but it was uh so it was a time where I felt like I I could have done with having him there yeah. does that I mean I'm still trying to figure myself out and there's been a lot of time since then his like, death yeah. but I would have loved to have had him yeah. around to be able to, I, I'm well aware I've got family to turn to I'm, I've got quite a close-knit family my mum and dad and my older sister and my little brothers and sisters but he was always the person that I went to for advice because yeah. I felt like he knew everything and when you have that taken from you you're kind of left there like oh, who do I turn to Yes, yeah, it's a bit distance from your parents, isn't it? My granddad was a bit like that. It was like less raw than going to speak to my mum or dad. And actually, um, this was my mum's dad. He died when I was 14 and he'd always said, I'll make it till you're 21. He'd always had this weird thing about yeah. it and he didn't. He was just, you know, he'd been in the war, he'd been blown up and all this kind of stuff. So he was, he was always a little bit ailing, but he got ill very quickly and, and passed away. And actually, like you said, someone you could go and speak to. I, I do miss that. And actually, my wife and I have started something called Attic Box Audio, where we're trying to give people the opportunity where I can go and record conversations with loved ones just because I was thinking during lockdown I'd love to have heard my granddad's voice just to yeah. you forget the life stories that he told you about growing up and yeah. all those years ago and his lessons and actually it would have been really cool I think to have still had a piece of him because it, like I say when it happens quickly there's a big a big hole there isn't there and I think if he was the person you used to go to talk to I'm guessing it then becomes difficult because who do you go to to talk about missing him yeah yeah it was different and I think it was it was hard now because, like I said, he was the one who motivated me to be a pilot and I felt like he should have been the one that was there when I qualified to be a pilot. When I got my private pilot's license, I could officially call myself a pilot. Yeah. He should have been the one who was there and I could have celebrated with him, but he wasn't there. But I think by that stage of me doing my pilot stuff, I used his death or him, his life, should I say, as motivation. Yeah. Whereas before, it was more all negative. I mean, mm. he, he should still be here. He should be this, blah, blah, blah. He's going to miss out. I think I got caught up on looking at everything in the future and thinking to myself, he's not going to be there for mm. that. When I'm I get married, when I have a kid, yeah. he won't be there for that. Yeah. So. No, it's, it's difficult. So how long did that period of depression last? Long, long time. I, in fact, I think it probably lasted up until that probably first lockdown. Because that first really? lockdown was when I had the chance to kind of sit. And I think a lot of people actually said this happened to them. When you have that... Because obviously gyms were closed, everything mm. was closed. You have a lot of time to kind of just sit and reflect on everything. And that's when AI made the decision to go, right, do you know what? he's not here anymore. But he was always proud of me and he was always proud with what I wanted to do. So let me give this. And I remember I actually said to myself, I'm going to give this pilot thing one more final push. Yeah. I'm 20, well, I was like 23 or 22 at the time. I thought I was 22 years old at the time. I thought I'm going to give it one last one last push and then just go all out and then funny enough that was the time it actually worked out so you sort of embraced the moment rather than yeah. living in the past or the future so it's just yeah something just clicked to my something clicked to my head because it was like right let's just instead of living and dwelling on it let's make the, let's make him proud so if he is I, I, I mean I don't know what happens after death but if there is anything where they do mm. know what's happening then let's make sure he's proud of what's happening. Let's make sure he's... Well, it sounds like he'd be in heaven if, if, he, if there is a heaven, he'd be there. Cause yeah. Because he's a good, good guy. Yeah, he's an amazing guy. He was an amazing guy. But yeah, so that was that clicking point for me. And I think up until that point, I probably wasn't fully out of my depression. It was, I was getting better, but it, was, I, it didn't take a lot for me to mm. go back. And it's sort of difficult because, like I say, you get irritable and you get negative and then people don't necessarily want to hang around you as yeah. much. And then, but what you need... And, and sometimes when you're in the... De- down period you don't want to go and see your friends you feel demotivated but actually that's the best thing for you isn't it so yeah. sometimes it's the, the, like say speaking to people that's a lot harder than it is normal times that's the the, the the point yeah definitely definitely and i think um i think if, and i know there's people probably going through it that when you tell them this they think no you don't understand it's different but there is actually you'd be surprised how many people are actually gone gone through it mm. and you're, you you aren't it isn't that different. It is. It might feel that at the time it is different. Do you know what I mean? I remember I used to, people used to tell me things. I'd be like, no, you don't understand. He wasn't just my granddad. He was, and, mm. But there probably was actually people giving me advice that did understand. Do you know what I mean? They did actually probably have gone through it themselves. Yeah. 
but you don't want to hear it at the time. No. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, no, nope, everyone's against me. No one understands me. So did you want people just to sort of not agree with you, but just sort of listen rather than actually say to you, I understand, you know? Yeah, I think I, I wanted to, I wanted someone, this is weird because I know I wasn't going to get this. I wanted someone who knew everything I'd done with him. So kind of like a family member who mm -hmm. had knew how close I was. I could chat to about my memories with them. But I, my family members, I didn't want to do that with because if I knew if I spoke to my mum, she'd get upset. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because it's her dad. Or your grand. If I yeah. spoke to my nan, um, obviously, I felt I, I did feel comfort in my nan. Though I got to admit, my nan was the only one when she was around that made it a bit easier because I saw a lot of my granddad in my nan. Yeah. In the terms of, I went to my nan's. I still saw his stuff. Yeah. I still saw the environment. I, obviously, I, I was always my nan was always there. So. That was one thing I did find comfort in, and I did use it as well. If I ever did feel down, I'd go and stay with my nan. I'd go and yeah. see my nan. But everyone else, I just didn't really want to upset them. I didn't want to bring it up. Do you know what I mean when the mood's good, but you're not feeling that good? Last thing you want to do is bring the mood down because you brought up yeah. something. Do you know what I mean? Are there, so, are there positive lessons in a sense of of enjoying people? I suppose while you're here and, and making yeah, the most definitely. of them, appreciating them. Definitely, a hundred percent. And I, I I I think that's the mindset I've got now because. When I look back, for example, my nan's gone now, and I think to myself, well, instead of grieving on my granddad so much, I've just enjoyed the time a bit more with my nan. Mm. And there's going to be a time where, like, obviously my nan's gone now, but I've, I'm a bit more at peace with everything, because now I just, like you just said, I just enjoy everyone in my life, because there's going to be yeah. a time where I look back on this moment, and I think to myself, well, I wish I took that for. Yeah. And has it been good for the family? Because I know your dad was, he left a message and I spoke to him actually on the phone and he was saying, you know, he felt bad, I think, because he hadn't realised what you were going yeah. through. Have you had some good conversations with, with your mum and dad? Uh, I've, 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 since I've come up with this charity flight and I've come about a bit open, because I, I decided when I do this charity flight, I can't expect people to support this and be open if I haven't been open myself. Yeah. I mean, that's a bit of a contradiction if I've kept myself bottled up. So I decided to open up everything that I went through and I you see your dad regularly at the gym don't you, you I see my dad yeah. every day yeah. yeah and I see my mum a lot as well and I didn't want them to feel like they were um they done something wrong mm. like they weren't there I know I didn't doubt for a second that my mum and dad weren't there for me yeah and the same with my older sister do you know what I mean me and my old sister grew up together we were like best friends I didn't doubt for a second she wasn't there for me I just chose not yeah. to do you know what I mean it was just my decision I wanted to be the the backboard. I wanted to be the stability of everyone coming to me if they felt upset. I didn't want to go to people, which probably wasn't the best thing to do, but no. that was my mindset at the time. How much did exercise and fitness help? Did it help at all? People say that that can help yeah. lift me. Yeah, definitely, definitely. When people say fitness is an antidepressant or when they say it's a, uh, it does affect your emotions, I 100% agree with that. There's sometimes I felt so bad and I'd have a workout, I'd go for a run. Mm. do something and it just completely mellowed for me music and um exercise were my yeah outlets so, so you think like for people anyone's listening to this and like, like i say it's hard because sometimes there's things in your life and you've you've got a newborn baby you're up in the night so you're going to be tired whereas yeah. other times in your life where you can't quite put the pieces together but you feel drained and actually maybe that is a time when you need to to go and just unload something mentally there's something that's been wearing weighing you down yeah 100 percent. and another thing i would say is find something you enjoy like it doesn't have to be to do for a job or just some sort of hobby i got i admit now since i've been starting my fight uh, my pilot training every time i go out flying it is like a massive de-stress de-load moment for me is it nice seeing does it minimize everything when you get above it all and yeah because i when i got hills and mountains I've, you get that feeling of like oh look at everything looks like a toy house and you think oh all those problems down there you can almost leave them behind. It is, and it's the exact same with flying. And I don't know if it's, like you said, I don't know if it's, it's like what you're seeing, you're actually putting into reality. When, when you go up flying and you're above the clouds and you're looking down and everything, it is literally that feeling of how minute your problem is Yeah. in that, in yeah. this world, you know what I mean? And you just do, I got to admit, sometimes when I come in back from landing, I'm in a completely different headspace with it all. Yeah. It is good. But so it's like a meditation mean, almost, it's like peace, just a, yeah. a peaceful state. But not, that's not me telling people to go up flying. That's that's my yeah. that's my outlet. Yeah. And there is stuff like you said about going up a, a mount, uh, going up a hill or doing something. Find that thing that does give you that feeling. Nature generally helps, doesn't it? Because I think yeah. you sort of realise this. 
this this world and universe has gone on without you and all your issues and yeah. they're actually not that big in the grand yeah. scheme of things i think people do get caught up a bit too much in their issues mm. which is um obviously understandable but that those little outlets do help a lot and it does take that one little small thing to re refresh yourself and then you look at it at a different aspect you think actually no john maybe i could do this maybe if i do that maybe it's not as deep as it as i was thinking it was before yeah I mean, just have a bit more of a positive outlet. Thing, thing is, technology is great. We're recording the podcast on my phone here and, and everything like that. And you're going to be able to document it on a camera and put it online, which is great. But as a young person at 24, how, how do we have to handle our technology and our social media and things? How much is that important for, for mindset and mental health, do you think? Uh, yeah. And this is a thing I think is, is a big thing with technology. I think it's great. And it's, I think it's the best thing to happen. It's the worst thing to happen as well. Mm. I think... And this is talking in my, but I think also what my little brother and sister are going to be going through is a lot yeah. more worse than what I've gone through is. It's all there now, all the social media is in place, That's it's the it. way of life. Yeah. And I think with social media now and with all these influencers, with all these advertisements, people can, can't help but compare mm. everything, compare their looks to what they're seeing, compare their life to what they're seeing, compare their income, compare their everything everything's getting compared to what they're seeing and that's that's how your life should be you should be looking like this you should be doing this and i think it's like i said technology yeah. in the way of like you can communicate to your loved one if you're on the other side yeah. of the world is amazing but there's also some things of technology and social media well you work you work with fighters and you've been a personal trainer as well you you have to it's individualizing isn't it you want to get better you want to be the best you but it doesn't matter what someone else is doing because you might have someone who can I don't know, bench press 60 kilograms, which for them is awesome. They were benching 40 last year. Yeah. Don't worry about the guy who can bench 150 next year or whatever. Just worry about what you're doing. It's yeah, like, that's exactly. That's the kind of mindset. Become a bit more self-centered. Because there's always, I, I, I've done it myself. Do you know what I mean? I've, I've been yeah. scrolling on Facebook, Instagram, whatever, and like, oh, 20, 20 year old bench presses, 200 kg. <laughs> and you sit, you, you sit there and you go, God. <laughs> when I was 20 I couldn't do that yeah. but you can't help but compare yeah, you're, you, a stack, you're a stacked guy to be fair yeah but, yeah, but that's what I mean but you, you straight away you think to yourself all 20 year olds multi-millionaire and yeah. you're sat there thinking god I can't even yeah, can't even afford to, yeah, this and it's like all you have to do is go on Instagram and DM a few people and suddenly yeah. you're a millionaire you're like really is that how it's done and you like, can't not, not all the billions of people are on social media aren't millionaires but you you fixate on that yeah yeah you do and I, I think that's I think you just you just need to be in the mindset of just don't and if you are going to compare, don't be too serious about it. Do you know what I mean? Try and be joking about it. Yeah. And, or be inspired by it, maybe. If yeah. someone says, this is what I did, I got up every morning and worked out. This is yeah, it's useful information. But if it's just superficial information, like I can bench press this, it's not, if someone says to you, this is how I got to bench pressing X, and you can follow the path, then exactly, that's education, yeah. isn't it? And it's the same with me. When I started doing my pilot training, I, I went on social media and I followed a load of pilots. Yeah. I used it as motivation. I used their life. I used their tips to motivate me. And that's another thing where I say technology is a good thing. Mm. You've been able to, you can share stuff. My charity flight technology is really helping me with this. I'm able to bring all these people from all around the UK yeah. into one location, this um, this flight on my social media and everything, and try and get people talking, try and get people opening up. Technology has really helped with that. Social media has really helped with that. It's but almost it's a bit like diet, isn't it? It's like what, you know, there's an abundance of food you go into the supermarket you could get, so the abundance of online content you can consume, but it's just selecting that stuff that's nutritious and beneficial for you. Exactly. And it takes yeah. a bit of discipline to, to figure that out. Yeah, that is good. And I, and I think it is good. And I think also another thing is don't be those people that just spend ages scrolling through social media because it does, it will do things. You do. Take a break from it. You know yeah. I mean? don't, don't just become obsessed with who all these people are, how they're looking and how well they're living, do you know what I mean? Because you'll spend your whole life following how someone else is living, you've not even just lived your, your Yeah, it's, inter it's interesting, I had a knee operation in Maine, I've been doing some rehab in the gym and squats and, and leg press and stuff, and actually what I've done, a PT friend of mine said, write, you know, write, write it down on a piece of paper, because actually that can help with your brain, and go take it in and don't take your phone in, and just literally do your minute rest between sets, so you're disciplined with that with your phone, with your uh, watch. You're not looking at messages, you're not looking at Instagram. Yeah. Don't know as a personal trainer, do you find that actually disconnecting from your phone is quite good for your your exercise it is execution? Good. It is very good. I think you do see it a lot at the gym. You'll see someone do a set, and then I'll just scroll. They'll just be on their phone for like another. Yeah. It just takes away from the intensity. It takes away from the 
just the whole environment of what a gym is. You're not engaging with it. Cause there's yeah. some evidence, I know it's early days, but said, I read somewhere or heard something in a podcast that if you're actually consciously immersed in the act of like lifting a weight, for example, it will make your body will respond better. It's yeah. like whether you're distracted. And yeah, just, and that's 100% yeah. a, a real thing. There's the, People say there's this aspect of um, um, a connection between mind and muscle. Mm. I completely believe in that. I completely believe in if you're 100% engrossed in your workout, no matter what it is you're doing, whether it's weight training, whether it's cardio, no matter what it is, if you're 100% engrossed in it, you will get better results. Yeah. If you're half in, half out, because you're thinking to yourself, oh, someone liked my profile picture, let me just quickly check my yeah. likes at the moment, halfway through a set. Yeah, you need motor, it's apparently the dopamine you can, you, you kind of get fired when you're looking on social media. You need that dopamine to motivate yourself to do the next set, so actually yeah. it can diminish your, your output in the gym. Yeah, it will. And I, I think it, like I say, it's just balance. Everything can, everything's balance. Yeah. When it comes to the social media, when it comes to technology, just have balance with it. Get yourself into a routine of, right, say to yourself, right, I'm only going to check my messages in the morning quickly. Or even say to yourself, actually, when I get first get up in the morning, I'm not going to check my messages. I'm actually just going to quickly sort myself out, maybe do a bit of meditation. And then when yeah. it gets to a certain time, then I'll check my uh, messages. I know... I can't sit there and say that because everyone's lifestyle is different. Sure. Some people need yeah. to commu- uh, get or, back to emails. Do you know what I mean? Or you've got a baby. Yeah, it's yeah. Hard, to, hard to switch but off. But find something. Find a, an hour in a day or find, actually, do I, I'll do a workout and I'll make sure, whilst I do that workout, I do not touch my phone. Mm-hmm. I'll go and buy a stopwatch. I don't want to touch my phone. I'll just do a stopwatch instead. Just yeah. do small things like that. I, me, and my, uh, me and my partner, we've got a thing where when we go away somewhere, we try and really minimise Mm. what we're doing on our phone and it is hard because like you said we've got the technology now to record memories yeah. take photos so you do want to have then you, phone you don't end up being present but you've got a great photo reel but you don't actually exactly. feel like you were relaxed or in the moment yeah and it is hard because there's been times we really enjoyed ourselves but then we've come back and we're like oh we didn't get a photo <laughs> but then you think to yourself actually is that, that's a good thing because yeah. that means you're so caught up in the moment yeah that you didn't get a photo and I know a photo is nice to look back at and be like oh do you remember when we went there but like you just said, it sometimes you yeah. just want to be in the moment. Friends of mine have seen really struggle with like work emails and things as well because they're on their phone. Yeah, you see the work email when they're on holiday in France or Cornwall or wherever, and actually, you're not getting the benefit of a holiday. You're not being away from work because you're so connected to it. You have to sort of physically make a disciplined decision not to look at that email. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. It's, it's tough. It's a challenge, but you feel you feel good space now. You feel like you're you've come through the depression, and actually this has given you a target. And yeah. I suppose you, you're armed now with the knowledge of what you went through. That next time you'll kind of see warning signs if if something happens, and you feel feel yourself going into depression. Yeah, no, I'm in a completely different headspace. I'm like I said, I think I've got a lot of things to thank for that. I think the um, my daughter is definitely one of them. I got to admit, when you get a, when you have a daughter or you have a kid. Yeah. you do realise life's a lot bigger than what you, yeah, what you thought. And i got to admit, um, since I've had um, my daughter, completely different mindset with it all. Nice um, to think about someone else sometimes rather than yourself, isn't it? It's yeah. sort of like, oh, I'll do this for them and I don't have to worry about what I want or my feelings as much. It's sort of, 100%, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, 100% definitely different uh, headspace with all. And I, I'm very grateful that I can do this um, fundraiser for mental health. I know have a, a bit of an idea of what I've been through and help relate to people. I think it would be a bit difficult to do this and not be able to relate because mm. I've never been in it myself. Um, at least when I have uh, people message me or when I have people start supporting the thing and getting involved, I can kind of relate to them to a degree. Most people are affected by mental troubles at some point yeah. in their life, aren't they? I believe that's... But then it's not, that, it's not that spoke about, do you know what I mean? No. When you think about how many people are affected, I guarantee everyone knows someone mm. or everyone's been at some point in their life affected by it, but it's such an unspoke about, undocumented thing. And yeah. throughout my whole life, I, I was told that the brain is meant to be the most empower, uh, powerful thing yeah. out there. But when it actually comes to looking after it, yeah. it's not that. It's not that big, do you know what I mean? Yeah. We know about fighters, thing. don't we? The, the damage that so they can go through sometimes in the mental health is triggered by impact and things like that. Exactly. Actually, sometimes, yeah. There's lots, lots we're finding more and more, more about. So where's the money going to? The, where, which charity is it going to? Uh, it's called The Mix. Um, and they're a, um, a helpline charity of uh, any... Um, when I say anything, I mean anything. that If you call them, I don't care how crazy you think the <laughs> problem is or how weird you think the thoughts you're having or what you're going through is, they 
are there and they help you. And when I looked up into the, the amount of numbers they helped during lockdown, mm. it is crazy. And that's why I'm, it's one of those charities I know, they're not the biggest charity out there, yeah. but I know it's one of those charities where every penny I make for them in this fundraiser, it is going to be used. And it's mix, M-I-X, mix. Yep, so yep. the mix. Um, and to be honest, if you just go on their website and have a look, you can, you just, it speaks for itself when they, when you, they, they got loads of social media as well. You can bring they? them, what, 24-7, can you? Yeah. yeah, yeah, so they've got, um, they've got loads of different platforms you can communicate with them mm. on. Um, and it is quite touching, and since I've been working with them, I've got connected with their social medias, and they actually have people that they've helped that do come onto their social media and speak about it, and it is very touching to see how many, actually, people they have. Awesome. Pushed through. Did you speak to them before when you were struggling, or is it just something you learned about? No, since? no, I didn't use. I didn't reach out to anyone, which mm. I re I regret, and I probably should have used charities like this when I was going through what I was going through. Um, and I do encourage people to use use yeah. them. Um, How do we support you then? Where's the place we need to go to? to yeah, so I've got um, I've got a GoFundMe page, um, which all the amount that's raised on there by donations uh, goes to that charity. Um, so GoFundMe.com is it? Slash yeah, so go, uh, GoFundMe, um, the event's called We Are Airborne, but it's actually spelled WEIR, W-E-I-R, oh, Airborne. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's all my social media as well, so if anyone does donate, they can go onto We Are Airborne, um, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and they'll be able to keep up to date with the event. You're on TikTok as well, you're, not, you're dancing on there and stuff. No, yeah, no, so I'm not using it for that. You won't yeah. be seeing me doing any dances in the <laughs> in the plane, but it's uh, all the video footage of my trip around the UK awesome. will be, be put on Yeah, there. it's become, because in lockdown, it was just seemed to be purely music videos, but now it's become like a general platform, hasn't it? Yeah, for, for yeah, and it is a very, uh, it is a very, um, I, I enjoy it because I can, like I said, I can put all these video footage together snip it down and just be able to show everyone the highlights of what's happening. That's my plan to do right when I go around the UK. Um, I plan to Brilliant. make sure everyone's on board. You'll be one of the most hench pilots, haven't you, I think, in the... Uh, oh, I'll be one of those... I'm one of those pilots where everyone looks at me and does not think I'm a pilot. Well, it's good. <laughs> that's a good thing, though, isn't it? Because you look, you stand look up. fit, healthy, strong. Stand up like a sore thumb, I do, especially when I go to these... Um, I go to these exams or I go to some of these places where I'm amongst all these other pilots. I do... Do not look. In fact, I was in my uniform, my flight training uniform. I went to Tesco's. They thought I was a security guard. Really, really. They just completely. I thought ignored. you were working there as a security guard. Or they, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They, I had a woman actually come up to me and she went. Um, what's it? She goes. She goes. Oh, uh, I just my the alarm went off, and then I was. Oh, sorry, I don't work here. Oh, I thought you were security. <laughs> I was like, no, it's pilot. it's my pilot uniform. Yeah, I know yeah. I don't look like one, but yeah. Cheers. Well, that's that's a, that's a good thing. I think you make it. You make being a pilot look cool, so that's a, that's a well. I just I think, and I think what the aviation industry is trying to do is also diverse. Yeah, because it does. Where there was a time where it was just every guy looked the same. Do you know what I mean? Well, oh, like back what, in the thing, it was white, like white, white guy, grey hair kind of thing. Yeah. Mustache. Yeah, yeah. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. It was a. Uh, it was there. Obviously, now they're trying to make it more gender mixed. There are a lot of uh, female pilots. Yes. Going through it now, uh, and also now they're trying to different um mix it up with uh races as well like that they are very promoting people from different ethnic backgrounds which yeah. is it's great i'm so glad that they're doing it they're making it more diverse because it is an amazing career and i don't think i think everyone should be able to enjoy it i think if you've got the passion for it it doesn't matter what you look like what gender you are mm. how you wear your hair or whatever as long as you are professional and you're inspired and you're motivated then you should be able to do it well, you, yeah, you look you look great. So I think you, you definitely look the part. You look very uh, very muscular in the uniform. So I think it'll inspire people to exercise if they get in a plane with you as well. What um what was it like growing up in Gloucester before we wrap up this conversation? Because I've spoken to boxers from there, like really really rival. Of course, I think he's of Jamaican heritage, and yeah. it's a it's a it's a proper melting pot. Obviously, spoken to your dad as well, isn't it? It's, there is a, a a sort of cultural hub there in Gloucester. What was it like growing up? Yeah, it was it was good. It was it was, it was amazing growing up, um, especially having my dad being there. Uh, a UFC pioneer mm. it was one of those th things where which was good and bad everyone knew me <laughs> they left so I couldn't be I couldn't be like naughty or I couldn't do yeah, certain yeah, things yeah. because everyone knew my dad was, they probably uh, didn't mess with you though did they yeah, too much <laughs> yeah well that's, that was one of the benefits but the other benefits was like when all my mates were like you, every kid goes through it where you go through that stage of like you know what I mean you'd be um, not always uh, listening not always doing the things I always had to do extra behaviour myself because I thought to myself oh, God, yeah. well, I guarantee someone here knows my 
Yeah. No, it's my dad. Every time I walked into a club in my teens, oh, are you right, Law? Oh, sorry, don't know. Yeah, yeah, I know your dad. Uh, oh, yeah. great. Okay, cheers. Nice, nice. Yeah, you, there's, no, there's no hiding place. But no, it is. Uh, I've, I've enjoyed it. And um, I've, got another, I've got to admit, another thing is it's nice uh, being able to promote Gloucester with this because uh, one thing I'm really grateful with this charity flight is the amount of media attention that's come around different spots in the UK. Mm. Um, and it's nice to be able to bring kind of Gloucester a bit of a centre of attention. Um, yeah. Gloucester Airport have even got back to me and they're being really, they're being really supportive of this event as well, of um, helping out the best they can, with uh, whether it's with publicity or just making the event more for an actual event on the day. Yeah. Um, which it's I'm really grateful for. Good people to know about the airport. My dad used to work in the Isle of Man for a period and he'd fly out from Staverton to the Isle of Man. It's a good Yeah, and like you said, airport, like you said, it is a really nice airport. I mean, it's got a really nice, I love sitting in the aviator that yeah. pub and just watching the planes come in and take off. Um, and it is one of those events where the more eyes and ears I can get on it, the better because it's going to bring more people Absolutely. together on it. Um, and even, I'll admit, I'm really grateful for uh, some of the businesses that have sponsored the actual event. Because um, I don't think the event would be happening if I wasn't able to get the no. funding off the sponsors, sponsorship from it. So all the businesses out there that are sponsoring the event, really grateful for as well. So would you, could you, would you describe yourself as dual heritage? You know, you talk about being more diverse in the, in the air. Is that, how we, is that how you kind of see yourself? Yeah, What yes. was that like growing up? Was that a good uh, experience? <laughs> It was good. I, I've, I've had my experiences with mm. um, the negatives as well. Um, in fact, my first uh, my first taste into it's a bit of a funny story. My first taste into aviation when I went to um, I went to this. Uh, I don't even think it's there. You know, it's not there anymore. There was this little flight club, and I walked in there with my dad, and I was like, oh, I want to be a pilot. Mm. And one of the first things I was actually told is people of my colour struggle a bit more. Really? Yeah, that was the first thing. Struggle that was my with what? first test. He just said he, we was going through the hours that yeah. it takes to get certain licenses, the cost, and he said to me, "Well, be prepared to spend a little bit more, um, as people of your kind of do struggle a bit Jeez. more." Uh, that well, was my first who was this person? A man, woman? It spoke. Yeah, to? it was a guy. It was an instructor at the the club I was there with, um, and I remember I did not. I actually didn't tell my dad this story until about a year ago because. At the time, I didn't want my dad to go in there and yeah, beat him yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How old was this guy that said this? He was, he must have been in his fifties or something yeah. like that. And I was, uh, I was. 12. And he didn't think there's anything wrong with saying. No, that. he said it so casually that she just said, um, "Yeah, so people at your colour will, will struggle a bit more." And I Jeez. was like, "All right, okay." I, I didn't really dealt with that no. too much at but that would point. You, would your mum call herself white? Would she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so she's, uh, like I said, she's fully British. Um, but how does that? I mean, was that difficult growing up? For you being sort of between, because I know that people like Halle Berry in the past have said it was difficult being sort yeah, of dual Yeah, it was. I, I was. I, I know it was. Like the mates and people I hung out with. I got when I think back to primary school and secondary school as well. It was very. It was weird. It was kind of like the people uh, from certain backgrounds would hang out. Yeah. People from other backgrounds would hang out where I kind of like you said I was mixed. Yeah. So I where I just kind of wanted to float in between and out of it. Sometimes yeah. it wasn't always. I think, yeah, it's also how you grow up. I think growing up in, a, like you say, Gloucester's a culturally diverse place is, is good because I went to school in the West Indies and obviously there's a few white kids, but mainly the Islanders. And it was like, actually, that was a really good grounding for me because I didn't think about it. Whereas actually you realise people, if you live in a sort of all white place or an all black place, it becomes more difficult than when you yeah. see people, you sort of attach more significance to superficial differences when actually we're all just human beings. Yeah, we? definitely. And the two fair, what I do think about it, maybe if I did grow up somewhere else, I would have gone through a lot more hard times than what I did. I have got, like I said, being in Gloucester, I have certain stories, but compared to probably some other people. Yeah, we well, your man said here in Cheltenham, he said he used to get flack, and I didn't even realise that. Yeah, People yeah. were really rude to him. And like you said, like that guy didn't even seem to know they were being No, racist, it's, it's weird. It's ra really random things as well. You won't always, you think you'll be like, sometimes it happens every now and again, I get shocked. Because mm. I'm like, is this still a thing? Is it still? Yeah. Is it still around? Yeah. Um, just be, yeah. I mean, that guy probably said the same thing to women, I guess, that came in. Probably, and said, like, yeah. Oh, should probably. stay at home or whatever. And I think that's what the aviation industry struggles with is people that are still, they're trying their best to promote this diversity 
and there is still probably people out there that have this very old school yeah. and the point is they want the best pilot so if you're going to limit yourself yeah. to a certain group of people then you're going to limit yourself in terms of talent and I think that's how it should be in any industry you should want the best of the best it doesn't matter what you look like it's if you, if you fly the plane yeah. really well and you're safe and you're professional then it, does your, the colour of your skin matter? Well, it's, it's, End of story, I mean? yeah. If you get, yeah. Someone to, get someone from A to B yeah, and you've got a nice manner about you on the intercom or whatever it is, then that's about it. I yeah, think. and I think that's, that's, the, that's why I'm really grateful, but it's just there's certain people out there. And I'm not just on about the aviation industry anymore. I'm on about just in general. There are obviously mm. still some old school mindsets of certain people do certain things better. Certain genders from, yeah. do, certain gen, uh, do certain things better. A lot of it comes from fear as well, because if you feel like, you've got more competitors because it's an open market, then that's probably scary for some people, I think. Yeah. And they've, not, they've not experienced different people in life, that's the thing. But a lot of things, when they do eventually change their ways, they do get proven wrong a lot of times. I mean, look at the things like the UFC. I remember watching it when it was males only. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then yeah. they said- They're headline oh, women now. Yeah, exactly. And they're, they're some, I think sometimes, even though they're not main events, they're, some of the fights that are female fights, completely outdo the male fights where back when it first came along they would say women would it be entertaining yeah they Dana White said he'd never have women in the UFC yeah yeah. Now, now. some of the best fighters in the UFC are yeah. females do you know what I mean it's, some of the most famous you think Holly Holm Ronda yeah. Rousey those names Amanda Nunes yeah. do you know what yeah. I mean one of the most dominant champions in the world was Amanda Nunes mm. so I, I don't know. I know that's what I mean it's, it proves when it finally happens when they finally open up when they finally let diversity come in it does prove sometimes that mm. Stronger place, you yeah. Know, stronger world, yeah. Better world, better talent. Yes, yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm glad. I, I'm glad I'm being brought up in a generation where it's like that. Because I know obviously it's probably past where it wasn't that way. No, so. it wasn't. Well, I think you're a pioneer for for lots of things, and that included in terms of cultural diversity. But it's been a great story. I know you probably don't feel it, but you're 24. It's amazing that you've you've been in the army. You've been a personal trainer, strength and conditioning yeah. coach, four MMA fights as well, and now you're you're doing this. So, Lyle, good on you. And um, we'll make sure we'll, we'll get to the GoFundMe page, GoFundMe page and keep in touch as well over the yeah, course of it. Definitely, least, yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I want everyone who listens to this or everyone who wants to support the event, keep in touch, keep updated with it all. Do you know what I mean? Even though I do appreciate donations, I do appreciate sponsors, but I don't want you just to stop there. I want them to actually witness it. And communicate. Lead, lead the message as well of, yeah, of looking exactly, after yourself. Exactly, yeah. definitely. That's the, that's the goal. Big goal. Brilliant. Thank you, mate. Appreciate it. Yeah, especially thanks for having me on. Especially after a, a fractious night's sleep. With you <laughs> no, it was good. I really enjoyed this. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Good, man. Thank you. Well, he's lived a lot of life already, hasn't he, for a 24-year-old Lyle Weir. I guess you'd expect no less. The son of a pioneer UFC fighter Mark Weir, who is a lovely man as well, but very ambitious, very focused like Lyle and fantastic that he's been in the army done his PT, strength and conditioning with fighters, and now he's embarking upon this career as a pilot and also this this f- fundraiser for mental health. And it's powerful listening to him talk about it, isn't it? And I think it sounds like a, an awesome project and quite a daunting one, actually, in, a, in one of those um, single-engine, tiny little planes. And credit to him and his, his partner for embarking upon that. So please go to his GoFundMe page. I'll put a link on the podcast. Support him, follow him on social media and uh, follow that story and hopefully get him on afterwards as well. That'd be great to get the, the backstory afterwards about how it goes and and hear about the, the lessons, the trials and tribulations and, and how he feels about it all at the end of the day. But powerful to hear him talk about the loss of his, his grandfather. And as I say, if you do think about that and would like to preserve a loved one's voice, their stories, their history, and just their voice in, in terms of their presence as well, something we are offering through atticboxaudio.co.uk. Check it out, see what you think. We've got a different variety of, of ranges now, prices, because there was a higher price initially because we we threw in with the audio a transcript book, but it was actually proving quite laborious in terms of days spent trying to edit that, get it right, make sure there's no typographical areas, errors in it, no spelling errors, errors. I don't know what some errors for. Uh, but it's it's worth checking out. See, see what you think. Atticboxaudio.co.uk. Thank you to the sponsors, main sponsors of the podcast as well. Bang & Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, who are specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installations. B&O underscore Cheltenham on social media. Get in touch with Jason and his team for a bespoke quote for your vision, your budget, your needs. And it doesn't just have to be Bang & Olufsen equipment. They can source you whatever uh, meets your heart's desire through that company, Serene AV. 
And Cytoplan, if you're looking to optimize your immunity, want to try their food-based supplements, which means dissolved or digested, sorry, as food would be in the guts, you can go to cytoplan.co.uk, C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N.co.uk, and the discount code at checkout, which gives you 30% off your first purchase, 10% thereafter. The discount code is DRAPER10R, my last name, D-R-A-P-E-R, all capital letters, the numerals one zero and the capital letter R. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed it, please rate it on whatever platform you're listening to it on. Refer to people or refer people to it on your social media or just tell them. First person references are always powerful, aren't they? First person referrals. Thank you for, for listening to this and have a great week. Goodbye for now.